Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Your Living Proof Podcast. My name's Dirty D. Danny thinks he feel, he sounds very sexy today. His no, voice. I, I asked her before <laughs> we started, I said, does my voice sound like real clean or like a little octave lower kind of sexy like yeah i i don't know that i know of a clean voice <laughs> i don't have necessarily i'm gonna go with sexy for wow, sure let's do it that yeah. sounds like a good way to start the morning yeah we got a good one for you guys today it really stems from an experience that my wife had before we get into it i gotta tell you about an experience i had last night so i'm coaching my son's fourth grade football team how this came about is a long story i won't even get into it but it ended with a phone call from the board of directors for the the school saying, hey, we really need your help. If you can't help, then these boys probably won't have a season. And I was like, oh, so no pressure. <laughs> Those of you who know me know the, the job that I do that I love, and it's irregular. I don't have a set eight to five schedule. Sometimes I'm working at night, sometimes in the morning, sometimes all day. And so I was really skeptical of taking that responsibility on because my yeah. schedule's crazy. Yep. But truly, I remember I had a prayer and I, I asked God, I said, please, if I'm going to help do this, I'm going to help these boys just pa pave the way so that I can try to do both for the next few weeks. And so far, it's been awesome. It's been busy. But last night, okay, my team, just to paint the picture, we're like the bad news bears. If you don't know the film, it's like. <laughs> then you're too young. <laughs> we got all, we got everybody, all the leftovers, okay? Whoever wasn't picked to the super teams, the all-star teams were just kind of the leftovers. That's who I got. And they are so awesome. They are. They're so rad. They have like the so much group. personality. There's just, of course, there's little challenges and stuff, but they are incredible. So last night it was David against Goliath. We played a team that dropped down from a super league into our B league. So that should have never happened. But this group of boys I found out after the game has played together since they were in first grade. So they're clicking on high cylinders. It <laughs> almost felt like we were playing like a, like a JV high school team. It yeah. was insane. It, it was okay. My boys are still at that age where, you know, they mom drops them off and I love you, mom. And they get out of the car a little bit scared, but yet kind of excited too. like they're, they're yeah. the tug of war between being a boy and a man. So we're in the game last night and this team we played has destroyed everybody so far. It's like 35, zero, 27, zero, 24 or 21, zero. We held our ground. I think yeah. it was like 21 to seven. Yeah. But <clears throat> there was a point late in the game where all of our boys were dropping like flies. Yeah, they were. They were. There, was, I, there was a point I looked up and there were four boys after one play laying on their face or on their back. And I went around to each one running around, you know, trying to help them. And I looked and tears are coming out of their eyes. They're exhausted. They're soaked in sweat. And some of them even shaking. And I looked down at you know i remember looking down at each one of them specifically on this one play there's like four of them and i could tell they were scared they didn't want to get up yeah they were like okay we're done yeah <laughs> so as a parent right as a parent as a human i just wanted to like scoop them up and hold them and, and carry them over to the sideline but i remember just looking at each one of them and i could tell it wasn't like a serious injury that's right, a different right. story but 
I just kind of knelt down. It was just like mental and emotional and physical exhaustion all at once. Yeah. So I just kneeled down. I said, hey, buddy, I promise this is a moment you're going to find out that you're tougher than you think you are. And each one of them got up, ran back to the line, got ready, tears still coming down their face. And luckily they were sweating so bad you couldn't tell the difference. So they weren't super embarrassed. And they fought through some serious things. And I came home that night, said my prayers last night, and I said, gosh, there's a huge comparison in that with like all these people who have a spouse or a son or a daughter who's struggling with addiction. Yeah. Your natural gut instinct is to jump in and save them. Yeah. Hold them, protect them. I I just wanted to take the boys off the battlefield. Like it's yeah, like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to go get hit anymore, pushed down or knocked over anymore. So you just want to go hold them. And I thought, Wow, it was a huge comparison. I had to kind of challenge these boys and do things and just kind of let them work through it. And I thought, gosh, there's a huge comparison there. But it's recognizing the natural human instinct is to... To rescue. Rescue. Yeah. Anyway, it was awesome. It was. And the best part for me as I'm not a football mom, guys, I hate football. I'll just be blatantly honest. But the coolest thing to watch was at the end of the game, I don't think any of them knew that they lost. Yeah, no, there was one or two that goes, wait, did we, what was the score? Did we win? It was so rad. Yeah. Like they were so pumped. Like they just like went to war and they just battled so hard together and they were so happy. Like yeah. they were legitimately a lot of them. It's their first time playing. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah. Tell um, us what the topic is today. So today the topic is lessons I learned going to my 12 year old son's, uh, checkup. Okay. So the um, lessons you learned from the experience or from your son? Uh, both, both, both. Okay. So my oldest child is 12 and uh, I am a little bit embarrassed to say I haven't taken him in for like an annual checkup for geez, mom, <laughs> five years. I don't know. It could, could be more than that, but you know, you're done getting your shots. Well, you give kid, him all his fruits and vegetables and then you're like, Hey, we're covered. Like we go when we're sick, like fine. But he hasn't had like an actual physical or, you know, your annual checkup. Forever. So so I had to take him because he has to have certain vaccinations, not the COVID vaccination, everyone. Just like pertussis, I think. Yeah, (laughs) the regular school requirements. Um, Just to go to school. And so I was like, okay, we're going. And I didn't really give him a heads up about what could possibly happen. Maybe it's because I didn't really know. Well, you didn't even tell him you were going until the morning of. But I was like, yeah, we're going to go get your shots. Like, that's pretty much what we're doing. It's going to take like five seconds. It's going to be fine. So, but I was wrong, guys. (laughs) I was wrong. So the doctor comes in and she's like, hey, Dom, like, how you doing? You know, kind of trying to like, I really applauded her for trying to make him feel very comfortable. Yeah, she sounds like a cool doctor. She was not like rigid and like robotic at all like she was just like how how's it going like how's are you in middle school what are you doing he starts telling her like you know i'm doing this hybrid thing i do my classes at home with my mom and i go to the junior high for my electives and telling her everything and she says um okay well that's cool uh so do you know what puberty is and she's like and dom's all yeah and she's like Okay, um, do you think you're you're like going through that? And he was like, uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, I think my voice is still higher than some of my friends. <laughs> One <laughs> of his friends is well, a few of them pointed that out. Yeah. And so he's like, So I don't I don't think I totally am, but I don't I don't know. 
And she was like, okay, well, um, do you have any hair on your balls? <laughs> he says, just hold, hold on. He says, well, I do when I rode my, ride my motorcycle. You guys, I was like gonna hit the floor, and so was she. She was like, he told her that he has hair oh, on his balls when he rides his motorcycle. When he rides his motorcycle, oh, and she w- looked at me. Part of that's true. Her. Yeah, and I'm like, he said it. Yep, he did. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so, what do we do now? And she says, okay. Well, um, you know, part of this exam is a physical exam, and so I am gonna have to look at your balls. <laughs> Um, but she was really awesome because she said, you know, that no one else is allowed to do that except for me, your doctor that your mom has hired to help with this. Cause I'm a professional and, um, and then like your mom and your dad, they've probably seen it, you know? And Dom's like, yeah. And she, but she was like, no one else is allowed to talk to you about it or look at that. And I, I was, I was so glad because I was like what if I hadn't ever we, he knew that but it was actually really cool to just see that she was qualifying herself yeah, yeah giving that instruction so he has that moment where <laughs> drops his pants yeah and he's like okay this is woo okay um and then she starts talking to him again and she says okay Dominic um do you know what sex is and he's all oh yeah like, he's so bummed. And she's like, okay, well, what is it? And he's like, well, do you want me to say the actual words or the words that I like to use? <laughs> and she's like, either one. Let's, she's like, well, what, what is that that you're pointing to? And he's like, oh, it's my penis. But I, I don't call it that. She's like, okay. And he's like, I call it usually like my wiener. But yeah, sex is like when my wiener would go into a girl's um, oh, vagina. And anyway, yeah, that's what it is. And she was like, okay, yeah, good job. And and then she kind of talks to him a little bit about, again, like, you don't want to talk to anybody about that except for me. Like, if you had questions that your parents couldn't ask, then a doctor like me would be the only other person because no one else will tell you the truth. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's good. Um, and then she starts examining his body and she's like wow like you have a lot of bruises she starts counting like his bruises and I'm like oh boy so she's like what where did you get all these bruises and and I'm like this is so great because man like she's checking all the boxes like child abuse like all this stuff and she's asking him these questions like not me and she says, you know, where'd you get all these bruises? And he's immediately like, oh, okay. Well, listen, I want to start off by saying I always wear my helmet, okay? But sometimes your helmet doesn't save you from everything. So this this big one on my shoulder, that's from my scooter. I was riding way too fast on the sidewalk. And I just like totally like hit a curb and went way off. And this one's from my motorcycle. This one's from football. Like, And she was like, oh, okay, so what you're saying is you're active. (laughs) And he was like, I guess, yeah. And, you know, it was just like this experience where I was like, okay, like, 
he's understanding himself and, and what he does and he's able to articulate it to this doctor but also like this doctor is just her mind keeps blowing like everything he's saying she's just kind of like what in the world this kid's hilarious and Really, what it did for me was it just made me realize. I mean, she asked him about more things than that, too, right? Like, talk oh, to yeah. him about erections and all yeah. sorts of stuff. That was the other thing. She's all, um, have, you ever, have you ever had an erection? He's all, oh, my gosh. A he, boner? You mean a boner? And she was like, yeah, a boner. And he was like, no, not really. And she's like, okay, well, just know when you do. It's totally normal. It's not a big deal. You don't need to freak out about it and feel weird. It's totally normal. And he was like. Okay, <laughs> but it was bringing to light all of these topics, right? That we have talked to him about over and over again. Like, yeah, what was the lesson in it? I mean, what was the lesson for you? For the so the lesson for me was I was she literally turned to me halfway through this like twenty five minute interview basically with Dominic and says, "You have done a really good job," and I was like, "Thanks." Yeah, well, she called me after, and the truth is we all feel like we're failing at times. We all feel like we're not doing enough or not doing the right thing because yeah. reality is we do suck at a lot of things when it comes to parenting. Oh, absolutely. But it was in those moments where you're like, yeah, we've had these difficult conversations. We've done the work. We've yes. sat down. We've we've hammered it out. We've tried to practice what we preach. Right. Well, because I'm like, I don't know. Like, you always think, oh, did, did I do that right? Or, like, ha have we had that conversation enough? Like, and you you... When you're doing it, you feel like, oh, that was so uncomfortable. Like, there's no way he's going to forget that conversation. But the cool thing is, is when you hear your own child articulate to another adult, like what you have taught them, it's That's amazing. Cool. It was a really, really cool experience. And he felt very confident. I'm not going to say comfortable because I think it, the whole thing was rather uncomfortable for him. But he felt confident enough to say the words he knew exactly what it was it wasn't like oh my parents didn't tell me about that well and you hope that the result of that is them being able to talk to you exactly and they don't have to be necessarily comfortable yeah they can giggle about some things or yeah. close their eyes or look at the floor but that they can tell you they can feel confident in telling absolutely you. and the best part was uh when we got home later the day in that day because he was really nervous about going mainly because of the shots like i'm like I don't know why you're so worried about the shots, but he was, and he came home and he was like, you know what? Uh, I think that we should make like going to the doctor a regular thing. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. And he was like, well, like once a year at least. And I said, yeah, that's pretty normal. And he, and he said, because it turns out the doctor is actually pretty awesome. I have a lot of friends at that office. Yeah. Well, that's him though. He'll go into a grocery store and make friends with five people yeah, real quick. Totally. So he did leave feeling like he had like a new friend and he made friends. You, with the you have to quickly tell him about the conversation with the counselor too. Okay. Same day, same day. I, I another lesson. Yes. I dropped him off at school and, or I'm sorry. It was when I picked him up from school to, um, take him to the doctor. And I, I said, what class were you in? And he said, oh, I was actually with my counselor. She like has interviews with everybody. And I was like, oh, cool. And I said, what were you guys talking about? And he said, oh, we're playing like this or that. And I said, oh, like what, what were the questions? And he was like, well, basically she was asking me, like giving me two things to choose from, like which one would I rather do? And I was like, oh, that's fun. And he said, yeah, but you know what? She told me I was the only kid she'd interviewed that didn't choose video games. 
uh, even once. Because he was like, she listed it like five or six different times and I never chose it. And she asked me why. Because <laughs> I guess she was like pretty shocked by it. And he was like, I don't know, like I wouldn't choose that unless there was no other option. <laughs> and, and Didn't he she, say something like that there was, if it was stormy outside? Yeah, yeah. He was like, I would only choose that if that were my only option because I was stuck inside. Like I couldn't do anything outside. And... And she was like so happy and she, she told him how, how happy she was for him that he had the hybrid schedule because he was obviously taking the, uh, you know, taking advantage of, of those opportunities. So anyway, it was one of those moments as a parent where I'm like, okay, even though this has been a freaking roller coaster for me to be like, okay, we're doing homeschool and all these decisions had to be made and it felt really quite scary, um, like risky, I think for me. Um, but I can already tell that even though it's still uncomfortable, even for both of us, that it's, it's going to be good for him. Yeah. And we're doing that for him. It's a partial homeschool. Our other kids love school, but it's kind of, it's kind of recognizing each one of them. Yeah. It's just a very different where they thrive and where they don't. Yeah. So anyway, it's cool. Sometimes when you have those little victories, cause as a parent, there's a, there's a lot of failure. Oh yeah. There really is. Yeah. It really is. Feels like it's nonstop, actually. I think it is important. And, and the underlying principle here is creating an atmosphere in which you feel comfortable talking. And in today's society, there's no more critical place to do that than in our home. Yeah. I am terrible as a parent with my patients. I, I can't stand when my kids make a mess. About 7 p.m. every night, my wife says it's closer to 6. I almost can't <laughs> even stand hearing their voices. I'm like, everyone just stop. Because at their age where they're talking about over the top of each other, fighting, arguing, bickering. So I have serious weaknesses, but being able to have difficult conversations with your kids and doing it regularly is what helps them go into a doctor's office and talk about boners, hair on their balls and sex with a, a stranger. Yeah. Not you know? having sex with a stranger, but Correct. sex. Talking about the yes. subject. Yes. And I think it is big kudos because we've been doing that for a while. We talk about it a lot, but it is even hard sometimes for us. I talk about the importance of it because day after day after day, I work with young adults, anywhere from 19 all the way up into their 30s, where over time, their journeys progressed, right? They've, for numerous reasons, have got themselves into some seriously bad situations. Mm -hmm. Addictions of every type, mental illness, depression, anxiety, hopelessness, even suicidal self-harm behavior, self-harm is a lot lately. And you know what? When you trace it all the way back, that's not my job. I'm not sitting there to try to clinically diagnose these people and do it all the way back, but quickly just getting to know them, human to human, and telling them my story and getting close with them, you soon find out where it started. Yeah. And it always started with something pretty small. I didn't feel like I fit in at school. I didn't feel like my parents gave me attention. I never felt like I was going to amount to be as successful as my dad. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I had any really good friends. Just these things that every kid feels. Mm -hmm. A lot of young boys getting to that place of puberty where they are having boners, like their son described it, multiple times a day, being told that this is bad, but not why and not understanding it in this confusing place is just crazy. So we do do a, a workshop with Smith Alley. We've had him on here before. It's called Raising Kids in Combat. And it's my favorite aspect of what I do because it's a proactive approach. Yeah. I do spend 
majority of my time helping people that are now in difficult situations, but man, I wish I could transition to helping more people be proactive. It's so much easier to change things from at the beginning stages than it is when it gets really bad. Absolutely. And one of the most critical bits of advice is creating a safe space within your home. Your home is a hospital. It's a place of refuge. Yeah. Where people can talk about these things, where they learn these things. It, it I just can't emphasize it enough that whether it's topics about sex, puberty, feelings, emotions, depression, not fitting in at school, like that they can talk about it at home. That has to be the place. Where else do you do that? Right. Well, and and I, I didn't even tell you this, but yesterday my nine-year-old son, the, the he's in fourth grade, I could tell he was a little bit out of sorts after school. And I was like, buddy, what's going on? Like, what's going on? What Did something happen? And he's all, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah, sure. So let's go in my room. So we went in my room real quick. That's where the safe place is. Yes. And, and he said, um, my friend kept saying this one thing over and over again at school and I can't get it out of my head. And I was like, oh, what, it, what was it? And he said, he kept saying, I'm, I'm going to lick your mom's bra. Wow. Okay. Did that even fourth make, grade in fourth grade? And Roman's like, I don't know. I don't even understand it, but I know that I hate, I hate it. And I was like, oh, well you don't understand it. Cause it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I said, also that's cause it, it's giving you a bad feeling. Cause like licking bras is kind of a weird topic to talk about. And, and especially for a fourth grader to say that about your mom. And he, and I said, so totally normal not not your fault and i said you know we can keep talking about it but did you tell your teacher that he kept saying it yes yes he was taken you know out of the classroom whatever but the bottom line is is as soon as he got it out he felt better he felt better and he told me again before we went to his game i'm so glad i told you that because often they don't thinking about it a lot anymore yeah they don't even care what you have to say yeah like i mean they do or they don't but yeah, it it's not really, really about the counsel you give them or mm-hmm. the answers. It's just that they... The therapy was saying it. Yeah, just saying it. Because it, it was it. just a secret that he was carrying. And I was just like, oh, cool. Like, say it out loud. Now it can go away. And and it actually did in a matter of hours. <laughs> he was like already over it. So... I think there's numerous things that every person here listening does better than we do. Better than most. We all have those. Mm-hmm. Quickly, four of... four points we would like to discuss you go ahead and want to go ahead and go through them yeah just yeah. four things that have kind of given us success where we felt like yay i got a little parent victory yeah well and and four things that like anybody can do right like these are these are simple 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 concepts so the first one and we're hitting it head on right now because we have a kid in middle school absolutely no social media no there is not like a dose amount. It's not like, oh, you could have a little bit of sugar. A little bit of sugar is okay. Okay. Well, no amount of social media is okay for a preteen or even a teenager. It, and and there's been numerous studies. I can I can put a couple in the um, show notes. Yeah, but, you should put that most recent one out. But it's particularly harmful for ages 10 to 15. And can you imagine why? I'm sitting here going, oh, you mean the ones that are going through puberty, like that their bodies and their hormones and everything's changing, and then we're going to throw in social media on top of it. So 
any parent that's feeling that pressure or, oh, like, you know, there's all these other parents that are letting their kid. No. Every kid on the planet says the same thing. I'm the only person. Yep. Mom, dad, you suck. I'm the only person I'm the who only doesn't have it. the only kid that doesn't have it. Cool. Baloney. Yeah. I don't well, first think that's of all, it's, true. It's, it's not true. But second of all, if it is, then you won. <laughs> yeah. Then start so, the start the trend. So, so that's a, just a non-negotiable. Um, and then the second one is um, in-person interactions with peers is the most important thing that we can do for our kids. Um as parents trying to provide those experiences or even like just encourage those ex experiences is so awesome. And I know that requires a lot of work that might require you saying, have everybody come over to our house, you know, or let's, let's, you know, all meet somewhere and I'll take you guys all out for pizza or whatever it is, but providing those and encouraging those because less and less kids are feeling comfortable. They'd In rather person. sit and text each other. And so, um, even with our son who just got his first little, you know, flip phone, I tell him, Hey, yeah, you can text him one thing. Like, are you going to be at practice or, you know, whatever he's texting. But if it's a longer than, than a two minute, like interaction call, just call him. Yeah. Call him. Even Loosen making your tongue. a call is better than sitting, texting back and forth. Just, they need that experience. They do. Number three is exercise or sports is a non-negotiable. We've been running around like chickens with our head cuts up, heads cut off, trying to get our kids introduced to different things. Yeah. What do they love? What are they passionate about? What connects with them? But they've got to. And there are some parents who they feel the same. They're doing the same. That's just second nature. But if if that's not the case, even if it, your circumstances are difficult, you know, I, I know a lot of single moms, and it's extremely difficult. Yep. To have the time to be able to provide and take care of them and provide these experiences, but find something that works with your schedule, whether it's mountain biking, they have indoor, one of my brothers, their son does indoor rock climbing. Mm -hmm. It's a cool thing, but there's just so many different things to keep them connected. That is a non-negotiable. Well, and, and by the way, it's not because you're like, I want my kid to be the best on the team or I want them to make the highest school team. It has nothing to do with like their success in the sport and everything to do with, Moving their body, moving their and body, making, uh, making that. Well, it's a like priority. last night is these boys learning that they're stronger than they, they think they it, are. It, it's and totally, they won't, it's they more won't, of a mental they thing. They won't learn that else. holding on to a remote control. Nope. Media free times and zones. My wife and I have had to hold ourselves accountable with this. Yep. No matter how busy we are, how hectic things are getting, there are times in which the day and you make them work for you. A lot of people, what did Smith say? Our buddy Smith, he says, the first seven minutes when they wake up. Yep. The last seven minutes for the or first seven minutes when they get home from school. Yep. The last seven minutes to go to bed. Like no, like just zero, nothing, not even a phone in sight or something. Yep. Right. And that yep. was like a minimum thing, but you could do it around dinner time. You could do it. I know a lot of families that do it on Sundays. Yep. So rather than sitting there just doing it, but setting those specific times, making an asserted effort to say, these are the times we're not doing that. Yeah. And, and, and for us, because we both, you know, I work a lot from home. Danny does some work from home and it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Like there's, it, there's always a demand, right? So when my kids walk in the door, I might have five texts I need to respond to and an email that I have to set off. But I, I'm like, nope, for the next hour, 
my phone's in the cabinet. I'm not looking at it. I'm like looking in their eyes. I'm not multitasking. It's so important. And because really I'm teaching them when you're talking to me, I'm paying attention and I, I want you to know that. And I want you to do that for me as well. Like I want all of you and you deserve that and I deserve that and that's how we're going to operate and then it's also we don't take phones everywhere right like we are not in our bedrooms with phones right we're we're not setting that example we're just we we want our kids to know we're doing that and you will do it too when you get a phone well when you take an assertive effort and do it and make these specific zones and times yep you do better yep. otherwise you just keep failing yes so that's our our like immediate top four things and um i it i think it boils down you've heard the phrase before the opposite of addiction is connection so if your addiction is gambling food drugs sex the opposite of that is your connection with other human beings your connection with god your connection with physical activities things that help you feel connected yep that's the goal and it's harder than ever obviously we all know it to do it now but it's also pretty simple if you're just willing to be determined and and stick to your plan that you yeah. make it if you have a 31 year old son living at home who's severely addicted to drugs and you feel like well it's too old it's too late we didn't do these things you can start now yes you can start now and you can change the way you interact with other people, even if it ends up being for your grandchildren. Yeah, absolutely. We can't avoid difficult topics. We can't bury our head in the sand. You can't just turn your head and ignore your, your child for the numerous moms that walked in and saw their son masturbating and they just turned around yeah. and left and never brought it up or anything similar to that is remembering you have to face these head on. Yeah. Absolutely. If you don't do it, someone else and some, some, something or someone else will. And I, and I also say, find a sport where your kid thinks that they have hair on their balls <laughs> when they <laughs> that do That will help. Hey, <laughs> you got to tell them what our, what our daughter said oh, in closing. Yeah. I, I've been having like these great experiences. I, I, I really do believe it's like God is giving me these tender mercies because as, as a mom, I know all of you feel the same. You're always thinking, am I doing this right? Like, Am I doing <laughs> am enough? I, am I doing enough? Am I like royally screwing up my doing kids? Doing the right thing. And I'm driving my son to football practice and I have my daughter in the car and she's like, can I roll down my window? I'm all sure. She rolls down the window. She, we're just on our street and she put, she puts her head out the window and lets her like Rapunzel hair out the window. She's leaning backwards and she asked me to turn on her favorite song. I turn it on and she's like singing it and swaying her hair and. <laughs> I mean, she's she, in a music she video. In, she's got a whole vibe going on. And I'm like, whoa, she's, she's feeling it. And she she comes back up and looks at me and she goes, Mom, do you know that when other people think that you're being a little bit weird, you're probably living your best life? Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? I was like, well, you are right. I said, who told you that? And she's all Roman her brother. And I was like, okay, thank you. Heavenly father for letting me know that I must be doing something, something right. That something I have right. two kids that believe that with all their hearts. That so they're being themselves, being true to themselves. Yes. And other people think it's weird. They're probably so living it. their best life. Yes. Hey guys, we hope there's something that helped inspire you today. If not made you laugh, but 
we want to be here as a support to help you through these difficult things. We're gaining support from other people to help us through our difficult things, and we need each other. We heal in community. It requires all of us. Yes, right? it does. Laughing at our mistakes, but also pushing each other to improve. So please reach out if there's any questions you have, if there's any topics that you would like to hear about. And also, please share this podcast. You can follow us at Your Living Proof on Instagram. And we look forward to you guys joining us next week on another episode. Thank you.